Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Amen. So let's go ahead and go to Jeremiah 31.1. Let's go ahead and kick the series off and starting with this scripture. It'll be a foundational scripture throughout the course of the series. Uh, as, I, as again, as I said yesterday, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, last week, last Sunday, as my mom's message, when, this, when she spoke this out, read this out, man, it just landed on me. And I knew that this was the foundation that we were to go off of for the course of the series. And the series will end uh, really technically. It started last week with Mother's Day. It will end with Father's Day. But all four points in between, including this one, will bring out different things. Look at the scripture. Uh, we'll look at marriage. We'll look at the family. We'll look at the home. And then today's kind of an intro. We're going to look at the foundation. And so let's take, a, let's take a look at the scripture and start with this. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel and they will be my people. They will be my people. Just jumped off the page at me. They will be my people. Are you his people? Are you? <laughs> That's kind of a setup. We'll talk about what that looks like today. But that landed on me not as just a powerful statement to say yes to. It, be, it began to, uh, to roll around inside of me in a way I started had to examine myself. What does it mean to be his people? Well, I'm in church, great, but that doesn't mean you're his people. There's a lot of people in churches that are not his people. There's a lot of churches that aren't his people. I'm just being honest with you. What does that mean to be his people? And so that's where I wanna go a little bit today because it says he's gonna be the God of all his people, but will you be godly people? How are we gonna know if he's your God and you're his people? How is this world gonna know? Can I tell you, I've missed this the last four weeks. So I just, I'm gonna, you know, anyways, I'm gonna bring it today. So anyway, so what does that mean? Are you of God's family? Are you a godly family? And there's a difference there because there's a lot of people that think I'm part of God's family. Yeah, but you're not living like it. You have a Christian home or a Christ-centered home? Are you a Christ follower? Or are you a Christian? Because I can tell you, my wife and I, just in our travels and stuff, there's a lot of different people, a lot of different countries that say they're Christian, but I'm like, really? But you don't have to travel the world to see that. You just got to go out your front door. Well, hopefully you have to go out your front door. <laughs> All right. Okay. I know I haven't been here for a week, so I got, I got a bold or something. I don't know. Here we go. But what does that look like? And we're going to take a look at that. Uh, let me ask you this question. What do you need to be more dedicated to in order to succeed, the world or the word? So why... Why do, we, why, why do we struggle with that? What do you need more, do you be more dedicated to Christ or culture? But yet we still struggle with that. And I get it, because I do too. I'm not, I'm, I'm not immune to any of this. I try and live my life like you guys do with the word. And I'm not talking about your time here in church. I'm not talking about 90 minutes a week. I'm not talking about in this building I'm talking about, or in this house, I'm talking about in your house. In this sanctuary, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in your living room, in your sanctuary. Because we're going to talk about God's house. We're going to talk about your house as well. We're going to talk about what that looks like for you and I. We're going to look in the Bible and find out what that means. We're not talking about living double lives. We're talking about being God's people 
are godly people. We're looking in the scripture and find our values, our framework, if you will, our foundation. And last week, I, I was, again, going back with such a great message. My mom talked about she had a Bible that she had been given in 1956, 1956. And I, did, I, ne- I never knew that story. And I was like, that's amazing, mom. And there's some family Bibles that she has, some family Bibles that are older, but I thought it was so cool that she had that. I can't remember a, a Bible that I got as a child, maybe that I still held on to. And I, but I got a lot of Bibles and I got a lot of Bibles. I probably got 30 or 40 Bibles, easy. Got lots of boxes still and bookshelves full of Bibles. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter if it was 1956 or 2023, they all say the, say the same thing. It's not changed. And can I tell you, when I came home from our trip, I was given a, Nepal, a Bible in Nepali language and it was signed by like 30 plus pastors in Nepal. And that's so precious to me. And, and then when we were in the Ukraine in Kiev, I, I preached in the second oldest Baptist church in all of Ukraine. And it was an amazing experience. And then we went to another church, right? After, a little small church afterwards. And that pastor gave me a Ukrainian Bible and he wrote it. And I have no idea what it says. I can't read that. I can't, I can't read the Bible, the Ukrainian Bible. I, I can't read the Nepali Bible, but I know what it says because it's the same Bible. It hasn't changed. It doesn't matter how old it is or what language it is. It does not change because it's God's word. So are you dedicated more to the word or to the world? Because the world's changing all the time. The world's changing so fast today. But God's word and God never changes. And I thought his picture is always the same. That's how we can build a life. That's how we can build a family on the things of God because it doesn't change. Our foundation does not change. And then I thought about this. I heard this illustration one time and I have this puzzle box and there's a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle in it. Um, I just took the wrapper off it today, even though we've had it a long time, but that's why it still had the wrapper on it. It's a thousand pieces. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Who's got time for that right now? I'm just kidding. My family loves, the rest of my family loves puzzles. But I thought this picture right here, why do they put a picture of the puzzle on the box? It's because so you know what it's supposed to look like. This is the model. So everything in this box, every piece in this box goes to that model. Let me, let me say it this way. All these pieces here, none of these pieces here will have anything different that's on the front of this box. Oh, there's a lot of pieces here, but none of them will have it. So there's no purple in here. There's no piece in this box that'll have purple on it. Uh, there's no airplane flying by the you know, lighthouse. So there's no pieces in here that's gonna have an airplane on it. There's no pieces on here that's going to have either an elephant or a donkey on it, if you know what I mean. I'm not a political preacher, but there's my one shot, right? There's no piece in here that'll have it on it, so we don't try and put... Everything in this box will fit the picture. What I'm trying to say is today, everything we find in the Word of God is the picture of God. We don't add to it. And not only do we need to know what goes to it, we need to know what not goes to it, what doesn't go to it. We not only need to know who we are, we need to know who we are not. And I think we've forgotten because there's things we'll say who we are, but I think we've forgotten who we're not supposed to be. We're not of the world. We don't shape and frame our family like the world does. We don't shape and frame our marriage like the world does. We don't shape and frame our lives like the world does. And can I say, you should be glad because the world is not doing so good in marriage and family and future. 
Now, a lot of that's not any different in the church world, but somehow the church world forgot what the box looked like. It has not changed. And if there's not purple in it, don't try and put purple in it. If there's not an airplane in there, don't try and put an airplane in it. So we need to understand that the word of God still is the values, the framework, the foundation for our lives. Are you more dedicated to the word or to the world? The picture is the model. So there should be nothing else put in there that does not look like the picture. And it's important not only what you put in there, but it's important what you leave out. If you don't have a model that you believe in more than the mess, then the mess will make you give up in the marriage, in the family, in the home. And the challenge for most of us is we're trying to build something we never saw. Could you imagine trying to put this puzzle together without the picture? And yet... A lot of us are living our lives. We're trying to put our marriage together. We're trying to put our family together. We're trying to put our life together without looking at the picture. And so if we don't have the right picture, we're taking influences and opinions and ideas and experiences for something that does not even look like this, but yet the pieces match this. And we're trying to make it, figure out how it can work. We're looking at something different. So we're looking at things like the TV, like Netflix, and if the young people in here, they're getting, the, if, you're, if you're not giving them this, Netflix is giving them something. TikTok is giving them something. Social media is giving them something. And it does not even look anything like this. I can promise you that. And so... Our mo- if our model was not a healthy one, we struggle with it. And I get it. I was blessed to have a great mom and dad. I, I had a different model. And so we need to be grounded in the truth and build our foundation around the model of the word. So let's take a look at Ezra 3.10. We looked at this, I don't know if it was a year or two years ago, but I wanna go here today. Uh, Ezra 3.10, when the builders laid the foundation, the foundation, when the foundation of the temple was laid, when the, when the thing that's hardly ever seen, when the thing that's probably the hardest work, when the foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid, the priests and their vestments and trumpets were there. And the Levites, the son of Asaph, with symbols, and they took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, he is good and his love towards Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a, gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The great shout was given because the foundation was laid. We built a foundation. We built something solid to build our life upon. On this foundation, we can live life forward confidently. On this foundation, we can overcome anything. They had something to shout about. What did they shout about? They shouted about the foundation, not about the facade. They shouted about the foundation not about the fancy things, not about the fluff. I was trying to think of words that began with F and I ran out, I thought frilly, but I thought, I'm not gonna say frilly from the pulpit. (laughs) They shouted because the foundation. I mean, I don't know if that lands on you like it lands on me. It's all about the foundation. It's about the core. It's about what we believe, what we build upon. If the foundation isn't steady, isn't right, nothing's gonna work. And we either have an opportunity today to understand that we have a solid foundation or we find some cracks. But we can always repair that. But they shouted over the foundation. I'm hoping that in the course of today and in the series that we see where we can build 
repair, restore our foundation because the foundation is so important. Uh, they're, they're here in this moment. Some are, are shouting because it's the first time they've seen the foundation laid for this temple. Some are shouting, again, are crying in joy because they remember the last time before it was destroyed. And so they're like, it's important to rebuild if it's broken. It's important to lay it right. So both of them are celebrating. Some are celebrating the foundation being laid. Some of them are celebrating that has been rebuilt. So I want you to know there is cause to celebrate today. Either your foundation is solid and rocky or you, and you got something to build upon or you have an opportunity to rebuild and repair and restore. They shouted because the foundation was solid. They, that was the key to their future. We shout at foundations, others shout at facades. And I wanna encourage you in that it's all about the foundation today. Uh, why? Because it's a foundation that will sustain you in the storm. Understand, God provided for it. Jesus paid for it. The Holy Spirit powered it. So that's what we build upon. And the world comes, the storms come, storms come to test your foundation. My question to you then is, are you grounded? Are you grounded in the word? Are you grounded in the things of God? Uh, the world is testing your foundation. How committed are you to it? Are you, we already said this, are you really a Christian or a Christian family, a Christian home? Not just talking about going to church. Are you a Christ follower? Let me ask you this, when was the last time you read your Bible just to read your Bible? When was the last time that you put some worship music on just to worship, not because you had a bad day? When was the last time you got your Bible out just to read it, but not to get it out because you needed a scripture because the enemy was coming at you hard? When is the last time that you prayed? Not about bedtime, not over your food, but you sat down and prayed. Do you have a foundation? Do your roots go deep? When you have a foundation, you're not quick to quit. You're not quick to give in, to compromise, to run and hide. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, familiar to most of us, says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man, puts them into practice as a wise man who built his house on the rock. You gotta put it into practice to be wise, to build on the rock. The rain came, streams rose, winds blew, beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had the foundation, its foundation on the rock. It was solid. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Great was the fall of it. Another translation says great was the fall of it. Anything not grounded, great will be the fall. Any marriage, any family, any home, not grounded, great will be the fall. Uh, the storm didn't bother the house that was grounded, but it bothered all the other ones. Storms affect the most of the ones who are not grounded. I wonder if the storm of today's world is beating you to death. It sure seems like it, but I tell you, I hear the wind howling, I hear the rain pouring down, beating on my home. But can I tell you, as it poured the other day, I wasn't afraid physically, naturally. But what does that look like in your life, in your marriage, in your family? That's what we're looking to build. I wonder, are you grounded? I wonder, am I grounded? Because there's many things that grounded means. The one thing I want to look at is balance. Are you balanced? Is your life in balance? Is your life in balance? Where do you spend most of your time? Where do you spend most of your meals? Who do you talk to the most? Are you 
on the phone all the time, are you binging stuff all the time? Those are things that we wanna look at through the course of this series. Uh, most of us never saw things modeled. We never saw balance modeled. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, what I saw my dad, my dad was a workaholic. Yeah, he missed ball games and I'm okay with that and stuff, but he was a workaholic. We didn't, we rarely take, we rarely took vacations, to be honest. We rarely took vacations. I remember him younger as a kid, when we came here and started the church, I was 13. And then he was just involved constantly in the church. And I have no resentment for that. If I did, I wouldn't be here today, believe me, right? I don't blame the church for that. But listen, I have to be intentional because I didn't see that modeled in my life. We have things that we've seen modeled in our life. We'll get into that next week that we bring into our relationships. Are you in balance? Are you out of balance? You need to be intentional in those areas. Now, some of the things are not natural to us because of how we were brought up. It's not, I had to really be intentional. It wasn't natural for me to take time off away from the church. You can ask my wife. It's just now after however many years that I'm kind of okay when we're gone. But it wasn't natural for me because that's not the model I saw. So you have to be intentional with those things. Now, those things we can find the model in the word of God. So you need to know who you are and half of knowing who you are is knowing who you are not. And if you don't know who you are and who you are not, people will help you discover that. The world will help you discover that, not in a good way. The world will make you be something. Fear will make you be something. Pressure will make you be something they had in mind, but not what God has in mind. And you need to know who you are. You need to know who your family is. And so now here we're getting to really the meat of today. Does God see himself in your family? Does God see himself in you? Because we can see ourselves in God and that's great and wonderful, but does God see himself in you? Because that's really the difference maker because God blesses and promotes those who he sees himself in. Does God see himself in this church? Does God see himself in our family, the Duncans? Does God see himself in our home, our marriage? Does God see him? Because he's looking for himself in others in this world. Because he set man in this world, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, to say, you subdue it, take authority and dominion over it. Why did he do that? Because he made man, let us make man in my image. The image of God is not subdued by things, it subdues things. The image of God is not under the authority of this world, but over in authority of this world. The, the, God, the image of God is not under the dominion of this world, but takes dominion, you see it? So he's looking for himself. So he made a people to reflect who he is. Let us make you in our image, he said, does he see himself in you? Because that is the determining factor to know if you get the picture. Because this looks like God. And so we have to look at ourselves and our families. We'll talk about that here for just a minute. Do we look like that? Listen to me, God is looking for his nature in you and your family. When you gave your life to Christ, you took on a new nature. The scripture says, old things are passed away, all things become new. I no longer have a sinful nature. I have the nature of God. That's why I can now have a relationship with him. When you gave your life to Jesus, you got a new nature. God's nature's on the inside of you. You're in the world, but not of the world. You're not like the world. What, what do you need to be more dedicated to in order to win? You need to be more dedicated to God's nature being revealed in you and through you. When God looks at you, do he, does he see his nature in you? When God looks at your family, does he see his nature in your family? 
I mean, I think that's so profound to me and I'm evaluating that within myself and not always, I'll be honest, but I, I have to work to keep that to the forefront. And when we looked in Ezra, it says when they finished the foundation of the temple. Now, when I say temple here, I want you in the context of what we're gonna be talking about, I want you to see your temple. Temple in the scripture alludes to many things. It means the house of God, certainly. It means your home and it also means you. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. The foundation in me needs to be celebrated because it is at the core of the nature of God in me. The nature of God is the core of who I am or should be the foundation for my life. So he's talking about, we get to a point, there's a, there was a high priest of the temple. Now, because of the new nature you get when you come to Christ, the Bible says now you're kings and priests. If I could say it this way, you are, back to the scripture, you are the high priest of your temple. Sounds pretty cultish to me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't mean it weird, but I don't know how to other than use this. You're the high priest of your temple, if you will. And so when we understand that picture, this will make more sense. In your home, in your family, you are the high priest. In this day, Adam was the high priest and he had a robe on to wear that he would go into the temple. He would go into the temple as a high priest into the Holy of Holies and he had a particular robe on and at the bottom of his garment, now here we're getting into it, the bottom of his garment, the Bible says the bottom of the high priest garment when he go into the Holy of Holies were bells and pomegranates, which is weird. Who ties fruit? to their clothes, bells made of gold and pomegranates. Bells, pomegranate, bell, pomegranate. We're at the bottom of the robe the high priests were wore. Now the bells were of gold, they were beautiful and they would jingle. And that's how they know he was still alive when he went into the Holy of Holies. Bells and pomegranate. pomegranates. Pomegranate is a fruit. In fact, if you go back to the Hebrew language and studies, one of the definitions or one of the word meanings, what is that, entomology, word study, of pomegranate is uh, bell. Just interesting. And so it's bells and pomegranates, bells and pomegranates. Get the picture, the hem of the priestly garment, bells and pomegranates. The beauty and value of the bell was tempered by the fruit. There's a sound and a sight that was of great value and then there was a fruit there that also had value. The bell represented what you see and hear and the fruit represented life. The bells were tempered by the fruit. Bell, fruit. You get it? Bell, fruit. Bell, fruit. All the way around. Interesting to me. Why would God set it up that way? We have bells and pomegranates. We have sound and fruit. Sound and fruit. Exodus 39, 24 through 26 says this, they made on the hem of the robe pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet and of fine woven linen. And they made bells of pure gold, put the bells between the pomegranates on the hem of the robe, all around between the pomegranates. A bell and a pomegranate. Listen to the emphasis here. And if you didn't get it, a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate, all around the hem of the robe to minister in, to minister in, to minister in. The high priest, the, the one that's in your home, that, that of you, you're the high priest of your temple, you're the high priest of your home, you're the high priest of your family, to minister in with bells and pomegranates. The fruit represented life. The bell represented something you would see and hear of value. And maybe this is what Paul was talking about in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. Let's take a look. He says this, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, bells, but have not love, pomegranate, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. 
And though I have the gift of prophecy, bell, sound, and, not understand, all, and understand all the mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so I could remove mountains, but I have not love, pomegranate, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, looks good, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Bells and pomegranates. Think about that picture for a second. We're talking about what things look like and sound like, and then we're talk- so we're talking about something outward, and then we're talking about something inward. The Bible says that you're to bear fruit. The fruit tempered the bell. The fruit tempered the bell. The challenge with our families today is what are we chasing after? Let me, let me say it like this. So when you have kids, and, we, and those that have kids will know this, if you criticize, 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 correct, criticize, criticize, but you don't show them love, all, at some point in time, all you become to them is noise. If you're interacting with your spouse and all you are is mean and rude and talk down and condescending and put down and put down and have not love, at some point in time, all you are to them is noise. What does that look like in your life? When God looks, does he see his nature? Because the nature of God is love. Or is all he's seeing? Bells. And we're raising kids and ourselves are being programmed from this world to chase the sound of the bell. But if we don't temper it with love, we're just noise. I'm not on the planet to just make noise. I'm on the planet to make a difference. I'm on the planet to love people. My family should love. Does God see himself in you or does he just see noise? He's not saying that noise and, and the bell is bad. He's not saying you can't have the golden bell. You can't have, he's not saying that at all. He says you can't have that without love. Where's the balance here? Can I tell you, I don't want to be a church. It just makes a lot of noise. And so you know what we do? Everything I just read earlier, food distribution, Special Olympics, reach people around the world. Why? It's the nature of God. And I love that we can do this and we love that we can do this and we'll have this. But listen, if we're not doing it with love, pomegranates, we're just making noise and we're not doing anything for anybody. There's a lot of noisy churches on this planet. Can I tell you? There's a lot of noisy Christians on this planet. Can I tell you that? There's a lot of noisy spouses on this planet. I've been that. There's a lot of noisy parents on this planet. But we're supposed to reflect his nature. So we got to have love, pomegranates. It's what we do. It's who we are. See, God doesn't promote or bless based on the bell, but based on the heart. In fact, we studied this before. He says he doesn't look at the heart. I mean, he doesn't look at the outer things. He looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. Why? Because he's looking for himself. Because he's not looking for what you have. He's looking for who you are. He's not looking for your possessions. He's looking for your nature, his nature, your heart, your character. He's looking at your heart because he's looking for his nature. So you can have the bells, but you need to balance it with the fruit. There's a lot of people making a lot of noise today. But God's looking for his nature. He promotes and blesses that which looks like him. That which carries his nature. Let me say this. God's DNA test 
is in his fruit in your life. You want to know how people know that you're a child of God? You know what his DNA test is? The fruit that you bear in your life, not what you have. Not how many times you go to, and I'm saying what you have is bad. It's not bad. But if you don't have love, if he doesn't see himself in you, he's looking for himself in you. Can God find himself in you? Can God find himself in your family? Does God see himself in you? Does he see that? Gold doesn't have a DNA, but fruit does. And that's how you prove you're his. The fruit you bear is how he knows you are his. Galatians 5, through 25. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passage and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Are you his child or not? Or do we have to get up in here and give you a DNA test? Probably not. We probably already know. Are you just a bunch of noise? Are you a bunch of love? Because that's how we know whose you are. And God's looking for his nature. He's looking for his character. See, the world tests you by talent, sight, and sound. But God doesn't care about the talent. He goes for the character. Not about the outward appearance, but the heart. And we live in a world that's so focused on talent, not character. And that's why we have to have families that are grounded and a strong foundation. God promotes and bless on your, based on your heart. But today's world is raising kids and tempting our kids with the shiny things, right? The things that make noise, the sound of the bell. It's like ringing the dinner bell, drawing them near. The world is ringing the bell and people are running to it. But if we aren't standing on a solid foundation, we'll care more about what others see in us than what God sees in us. But God blesses and promotes that which looks like him. Last thought, in the garden when God created man, he said, let us make man in our image to reflect me. God says, I made you to reflect my love in the earth, my peace in the earth, my long suffering, my kindness, my gentleness, my faithfulness, my self-control. God made us to reflect him to subdue and have dominion over. I already alluded to that. But no matter what this world looks like, sounds like, acts like, we can still subdue it, have authority and walk in dominion over until, listen to me very carefully, we can still do all that until God can't see himself in us. You know where our problems happen? It's when God can't see himself in us. But as long as he can see himself in us, we walk in the authority, we subdue, we take dominion over until God can't see himself in us. When he can't see himself in our marriage, when he can't see himself in our children, when he can't see himself in our family, when he can't see himself in our finances, when he can't see himself in our attitudes, when he can't see himself in how we treat other people, when he can't see himself in our church, when God can't see himself in your foundation, great is your fall. Not that you're not good, but your foundation of cracks in it. So we have to be a people that reflect the character and nature of God. Can God see himself in you? That's the question of the day. As we're walking around with bells and pomegranates, bells and pomegranates, but where are you investing your time? 
Does he see his nature in you? Does he see his nature in your marriage? Does he see his nature in your family? Oh, nobody's perfect. Oh, we all make mistakes. And there's no judgment here. Because I've been there. And we'll probably be there at some point again. When I find myself in that place, then I get up and walk in love and ask for forgiveness. Treat others better than I treat myself. Serve somebody. Serve God. What am I doing? I'm acting like God acts. I'm acting in the nature of God. What does that look like for you? That's what we're talking about in this series. My hope, my heart is that you come every week. Maybe some like, I'm not coming back. I don't know. I'm gonna pray you back. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> because this is so important for us. We want to reflect the character and nature of God. We want God to be seen in our lives, God to be seen in our marriages, God to be seen in our kids, our teenagers, God to be seen in our homes, God to be seen in our church. Because then the whole world will see that there's a God in heaven that loves them. You have to build that foundation. You have to be grounded. You have to be built on the word of God. You already have all the pieces you have a marriage piece, maybe, a single piece, a family piece. You have a financial piece. You have a friendship, relationship piece, a church piece. You have all the pieces that you need. You just got to stick to the model. Bells and pomegranates. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 